0: The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Pure Hoops podcast most definitely does reflect the views of our management. Here's three-time NBA champ BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. Pure Hoops podcast, another week. Another week without basketball, but another week celebrating the game, the sport, And um, the playoffs would have started today. Eric Newman in New York, B.J. Armstrong in L.A. Before we dive into that, how are you, my friend?
1: Man, I'm doing well, Eric. uh, It's good. It is an exciting day. I'm excited for next week with the documentary coming out. A little nervousness uh, about it, but I'm excited. I'm excited for... uh, you know, all the people around the world seem like it's so much interest in watching this. So uh, it's a good it's a good way to end this week and start uh, the start of the for your week next week. You're always ahead. Of, you're always ahead on my on my game plan. Um, that was, that was going to be my
0: <laughs> it's going to be my opener for you. Uh, we want to we want to talk about it. Um, Last Dance premieres Sunday night, part one and two, April 19th. And each Sunday night for the next five weeks will be two parts. But before we get there, BJ, um, you know, everyone's been talking about how to get the NBA back um, amidst this still surreal pandemic. And and obviously, depending on where you are in the country, uh, potential chaos Uh, before we get to the return. The 2020 playoffs were shaping up to be really exciting, and with all these rivalry conversations that we've started having over the last four decades of great playoff rivalries, um, this was shaping up to bring in some new rivalries, uh, obviously starting with the battle for L.A., uh, the possibility of another Boston-Philly clash in the East, and then, of course, seeing what else would materialize. But, um, you know, if the playoffs started with the standings as they were, there were some really intriguing matchups to look at, both, um, you know, high-low seed matchups and, and then teams uh, a little bit closer together. So, just to give everyone a refresher, uh, the one-seed Bucks would have been taking on the eight-seed Magic, the two-seed Raptors would have been taking on the seven-seed Nets, the three-seed Celtics would have been taking on the six-seed Sixers, the four-seed Heat would be taking on the five-seed Pacers. So before we pivot to the West, BJ, of those four series in the East, which one would you point your finger at as the, the most intriguing and entertaining of all of them?
1: The one that has garnished my interest the most would be the Celtic Sixers. And here's why. For the most part uh, during the regular season, the Sixers were a were an underperforming team. Terrific talent, right? Led by Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris. Uh, they were able to sign Al Horford in the offseason from your beloved Celtics. It's amazing how karma works with how that
0: worked out, huh?
1: And yes, and suddenly now they, they would have faced each other in the first round. And I think it would have made for a great matchup, first of all. But then it's all of the little stories in between, right? You know, the, the undercard, if you will, uh, that we could discuss, talk, begin to look at, analyze, so forth and so on. I think that would, that would have been the one series that I would not be surprised if the Sixers won that series um because they have the talent to do it but for whatever reason they've been underperforming and they didn't play up to their true level I thought uh during the po- during the regular season but the postseason, as you know is a different game and anything can happen
0: for sure and and a Celtics Sixers series from a fan perspective uh would have been nice to avoid the Celtics lost a couple of games um coming out of uh, the—excuse me, before the All-Star break. um, Actually, right before and right after the All-Star break, despite the incredible run that Jason Tatum was making that really um, cost them that possibility to get the two-seed. And there's such a huge drop-off between the talent of Philadelphia and the the deck of cards that both uh, Brooklyn and Orlando have as the bottom two seeds. But, you know, the Philadelphia size— And the competition and intensity around that series, to me, you throw the regular season out, and it's just a question of talent and, of course, uh, execution and adjustments. And the Celtics, obviously, a perimeter-oriented team. Jason Tatum coming into his own. And when, when healthy, the Tatum, Brown, Walker, Gordon Hayward, Um, force him on the perimeter uh, along with the the scrappiness of the role players and reserves starting with Marcus Smart who was in and out of the starting lineup depending on who was healthy and who's not uh the Celtics would have a huge edge there but BJ I I think it would have been a uh, a very exciting series it definitely would have affected my mental and physical health for about two weeks dealing with all these Sixers fans (laughs) and uh and and your jokes Um, So I I think it would have been really entertaining. I also think that Indiana-Miami series, because of, um, obviously, the season Miami was having, the style of play and the identity they had built uh, up against that Indiana team that's big, physical, uh, Oladipo was quietly taking the next step forward progress-wise – Uh, that one could have been a a good one as well.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. And, um, you know, the one thing is when I look at the Pacers team, you know, Nate McMillan, I I think he's a terrific coach. That's your guy. Yeah, he's he's my guy. And I think he's a terrific coach. Uh, In spite of being my friend, I think he's a good coach. Um, The Heat. I was beginning to see them play with a little, I thought, a little pressure, right? Mm. Because no one expected them yep. to be yep. this good. And not that they were under the radar before the season, you know? You know, Jimmy Butler was there, but I don't think anyone expected them to be uh, in the position they were once once the season, you know, uh, was was postponed this year and all of a sudden I think it went from a game where everyone was like oh we got a game tomorrow night to all of a sudden we're playing the heat tomorrow let's be ready so i began to see them lose some games at home that uh, they weren't losing at the beginning of the season right for various we- various reasons and maybe it was just a little skid they were having but i think the teams around the league was were beginning to circle those games and was beginning to match their intensity um, because by all accounts, um, no one had them in the position where they were, and it's not to, you know, and, they, and give, give the heat organization and the players all the credit. But at the same time, this is a T, this is a league, uh, where you need talent and you need to have superior talent if you're going to win, especially once you get to the playoffs. And again, that's another series where the Pacers were big with Sabonis, who was an all-star this year. And the players that they had, I, you know, I could easily see the Pacers going down there, winning that series and advancing and and moving on, because that team is a physical team. They're a big team. And, um, you know, they had players coming back like Oladipo, who who was beginning. When you come back from an injury like that, you begin to get more comfortable and you just need repetitions, game. Experience and he was getting that uh, during the course of the regular season.
0: Yeah, and both teams feature two up and coming front court stars in, uh, you know, Bam, of course, on Miami, and just the, the consistency and development of Sabonis with the Pacers uh, has quietly been very impressive this season. And I think whoever would have survived that series would at least push Milwaukee. And say, listen, like you, you have the MVP, and you have the best record in the East. But we're going to give you everything we got because we got nothing to lose. And uh, whether it be Indiana, Milwaukee, Miami, Milwaukee in the second round, that at least would have the makings for uh, an entertaining matchup. And and I don't think it would be a cakewalk from from Milwaukee. BJ in the Western Conference, Lakers the one seed, Grizzlies the eight, Clippers the two seed, Mavericks the seven. Nuggets, the three-seed, the Rockets, who were hot, fell to six because the four-seeded Jazz would be taking on the five-seeded Thunder, who were red-hot starting January 1st. Um, I would have to sit for a long time and decide, if I was picking one of these matchups where I was watching every night, who would it be? So I'm going to throw the pressure on to you first of all four hmm. of these which is the most intriguing and which one could would would you think go the deepest in the, in the series here
1: well fun factor first let's get that yep. out of the way yep. uh lakers grizzlies i'm I, <laughs> you know i i love i love i love new things <laughs> i love <laughs> uh, you know i i love receiving presents and seeing something new yeah i want to see john morant in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, for sure. That the kid is fun to watch. Uh, you know, raise your hand if you had the Grizzlies in the playoffs mm-hmm. this year, nope. raise your hands before the season. And uh that young man has had a terrific, terrific uh debut. Um, not only, you know, what he was doing at the beginning of the season, but throughout. He really has played well. So just fun factor, I would love to see him, see him in staple centers. Uh, the playoff games, uh, of course, living in L.A., I would have been there so I could, could watch, follow closely. I think that would have been a lot of fun. But the, the the series that I'm most intrigued with would be the Clippers Mavericks. Right. Um, all year, um, I hear about Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic deservingly so. Yep. I think he's a terrific young player, uh, tremendously skilled shown the ability to play with the ball without the ball and what I love when I see young players carry the responsibility to be a superstar and that means there there are no nights off in this league and I think he is you know he's taking steps to doing that um, to being a true superstar in this league he's 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 been excellent but now we have a very formidable opponent and his name is Kawhi Leonard so now I want to see the storyline. Well, because, opponents, yes, it is, opponents, it,
0: plural. They have well, a rotating well, door of guys to put on him.
1: But, but, you know, but you know the rules of greatness. They're a little different than the rules for everyone else. Greatness finds a way. It doesn't matter. It, 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 it didn't matter when you're, you know, you, you, you saw greatness with Larry Bird. You saw greatness with Magic. You saw greatness time and time again it finds a way so yeah Luca was terrific but now here is a here is a monster a mountain of a challenge and the Clippers you know they 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 have real incentive to play and their incentive would be championship or bus this team very true
0: very true the,
1: the, the, this team is not coming to advance to the second round Nope. They're not coming to get to the conference finals. Nope. It's very clear that Doc Rivers and company have been coaching all year with all of the things that we've, you know, you hear from other sources, not here, you know, making fun of guys, you know, time, you know, what what they, what they call it, load management and so forth. Of no. not giving Every, themselves together. everything they've and, done all year is geared towards going to the NBA Finals it, it, without a. Doubt. So now, here we go. Now they have to get 16 wins, and here we go. And you have a great, you know, group of young players who now want to measure themselves versus the best. You know, is this this is this the? is this the coming out party of a Porzingis? Is this the great storyline that you're looking for that all great players have when they achieve something that you didn't think was achievable? Yeah. Well, here here, here would be uh, Lucas chance. Here's the time, here's the stage, here's the bright lights. I got my popcorn, I'm ready on my couch and let's go.
0: The other thing here, that would be extremely intriguing is the Rick Carlisle, Doc Rivers chess match. Because you have to believe that Luca and KP are going to come out, nothing to lose attitude, play a lot of two-man game, pick and pop. And then what's the chess match from both sides to shut that down if you're the Clippers? And then defensively, if you're Dallas, uh, we know how the Clippers play offense. We, we know they search out the, the best pick-and-roll opportunities, the hot hand, whoever it may be. Um, a, a lot of really interesting things to look at besides the fact that the Mavs are this up-and-coming challenger with this exciting young talent. And, of course, the Clippers are on a mission to, to win a championship. So uh, I think that would be uh, an incredible series to watch uh, if we got it. Uh, we recently had Ja Morant on, um, you know, the Showtime Basketball Show that I, I produced with uh, Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. And this kid is just all about winning, and taking the next yeah. step. He could care about Rookie of the Year, uh, none of that. They talked about the Andre Iguodala situation when he didn't want to play for the Grizzlies, and and you know just, you know, the the fact that they put that on the bulletin board and that motivated them even more. Um, This kid's super talented, and that team has a bright future. But, you know, it's funny. We're we're laying out the show today, and we're like, all right, let's just pick one. But all four of these in the West are are pretty unbelievable. I mean, can you imagine the Jazz trying to figure out if Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert could play together after what happened if they come back for the playoffs and have to play the Thunder, who are also one of the hottest teams in the league coming, uh, coming out of New Year's? And then, of course, the Denver Nuggets match up with the Small Wall Rockets. I mean... I'm um, right there with the popcorn as well. So, BJ, with with all of these these hopes of seeing these matchups, perfect segue to um, how the NBA could potentially um, do an NBA playoff this summer once uh, it's deemed safe and everybody's on board for what it could look like. What, what are you hearing for how the NBA could resume and, and do a playoff? What's the latest on your end?
1: Well, at first you know my first thought is um i want to commend adam silver and the nba for the leadership to saying that you know what the people in the front line right the doctors and scientists and people who are giving us the public the general public the information and to abide by the same rules as everyone else right Um, Of course, I get that everyone want to go back and resume whatever that normalcy will look like. Right. Whatever it is, whatever profession, uh, things you have to do right to go on your about your daily routine. And the NBA has fallen in line and become socially responsible as well. So I think Adam Silver is have a wait and see approach. I don't think there's anything to report. Um, I think it's without him saying to me speaks louder than what he's saying. We have nothing new to report at this time. (laughs) That's basically what he's saying. Yeah. I don't think there's anything to discuss because of the health concerns of all, right? We don't want to expose anyone to this virus and you don't want anyone exposing the virus to you. So there's really nothing to do until we have all of the facts. And at this moment, we don't have all of the facts, right? I get that, you know, they there. Everyone wants this to be resolved as quickly as they can. The best way we can do it thus far that we know that works for everyone is to social distancing or physical distancing uh, to contain it, put yourself in self quarantine. And that's all we can do right now. And with that responsibility, right? We're hearing all these out of the box ways to resolve this, but I think Adam Silver is right. There's nothing to report right now. So therefore, we're going to do what we know is working and that is the concern of all. And to me, that's what leadership does. You make the you do you make you make your decisions based on the facts. The facts is we don't know and Adam has been patient enough because we're all waiting for him to say something, but he's, he, he's been very clear about it. Yeah. I, I got nothing to say.
0: Well, he's got, no, he's got no reason to show his cards. I mean, you know, one thing that, you know, I've, I'm sure you've heard this as a possibility, um, but again, it's just something that's being floated, is, um, and I believe Rick Buecher um, mentioned this to us um, a few weeks ago when we had him on the show. That uh, one option being floated is each playoff team is in a hotel in Vegas.
1: <laughs>
0: and the playoff is played in Vegas, utilizing Thomas and Mac, which has two courts, and potentially uh, MGM, which has court. Keeps everyone centralized. The hotels are on complete lockdown for the teams and personnel. There's uh, you know production crew as needed to televise the games. NBA officials and representatives who are tested, cleared, and healthy, and that's it. Um, I'm not saying that's the right answer. I'm not saying that's the wrong answer, but it's something that could make sense to keep everyone safe and centralized if Adam Silver and the powers that be uh, deem that appropriate when the time is right. So, um,
1: well, I I think you know I think that sounds great. In theory, right? You 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 sit there. Listen, you, I'm in a you, good mood. I'm in I'm in a
0: good mood this morning. I'm in a good mood. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: <laughs> I, I think it sounds great. And and but the execution of that.
0: Oh, it's it's much the, more challenging than yeah, my simple 40 that, second right? summary. And, of course,
1: of course. And all it takes is one person, right? Yeah. One person at the hotel to to get sick, right? Yeah. One person, you know, TV camera individual or whomever let alone a player yeah and it's and trainers into it's trainers kids, it's equipment
0: these... staff it's bus drivers
1: it's food service families are going to want to be there have for, sure, of, for sure you have all of these people you have all of these people right so you have to have doctors there you have to have trainers there you have to have all of these different things in place and then let's take the biggest one in place we're talking about human beings right you're talking about people with families, responsibilities, people that, you know, I don't know each situation that the players have, right? But I'm sure they're not just going to go to Vegas, stay in their room for 20 hours mm-hmm. out of the day right. and only come out when there's practice or playing or, or, or they're playing in the game. And then what about their families and their loved ones and all of the things that all of us have to deal with, right? Our, whether it's our our, our our other family members, parents, Whatever the responsibilities that you have, so I, I just think it sounds great. The execution of it, I'm like, yeah, no, they're not taking into the fact that these guys are are human and 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 again, this is bigger than just one person. you you can't put other people in harm's way, right? This is something that you know people are losing their lives, and you know and and, and so because of this. Therefore, we have to take this with a great sense of urgency. And uh, but it sounds great, sounds good. I get it, but I, I don't think that's I don't think that's possible. And more importantly, I don't think it's responsible.
0: Well said, my friend. Well said. Time will tell. Um, to me, there's no rush. To me, there's no question that. Um, the health and well-being of anybody and everybody who would be involved takes precedent here. So um, we will see what uh, transpires in in the coming weeks. Obviously, there's a lot going on right now uh, all over the country in terms of figuring out what the, quote-unquote, new normalcy uh, could look like. But despite what's uh, being reported, despite what... uh, the government is trying to do I, I don't think we're anywhere uh close to a uh, a new normalcy at this point so thankfully we can keep talking about this stuff remotely you and i have handled social distance very well we've created this <laughs> we've created this show socially distant it's, it's wonderful it's 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 the it's the key to our two-man game um so one other future uh item to discuss before we dig into uh, the last dance is the new developments with the G League this week as number one prospect Jalen Green, number 13 prospect Isaiah Todd uh, at the high school level are both bypassing college and signing to play in the G League uh, next season if there is a next season of course. Um, Dollar wise they're looking at about half a million dollars each and a special special um, program being put together by the powers that be, the G League, of course, led by uh, former NBA standout uh, Sharif Abdul-Rahim. Rod Strickland inv- is involved as an executive. Um, so before comparing college and guys like LaMelo Ball and RJ Hampton going overseas for the year, um, what do you make of this news? And how does this potentially affect the future of the G League and of course, the NCAA
1: well you know much has been written uh, or I've had an opportunity to read some things about you know uh, on the surface of what it is, but i I want to take a deep dive here if we could to what this situation really is is all about, Eric I you know uh, being in the business and being and in, in, in watching the business the for the most part, the NCAA has been the um, it's been the source of, all, of most of the great players. Let's say a large percentage of the great players that have played in the NBA, right? It's always come through the NCAA. And it has been a, a system that's worked, right? Whether you, know, you, you, know, you take Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, four-year player, you take a Magic Johnson, I think he went to school for a couple years, Larry Bird, five years, so forth and so on. And that has proven to be a great ground uh, to identify great young players. Now, let's fast forward that to 2020. um, And suddenly, when you look at the best young players in the NBA today, Mm -hmm. now, you know, you have to say Luka Doncic. uh, Last year's MVP is Giannis. You start looking at Jokic. You look at Ben Simmons. He's from Australia. You look at Joel Embiid. Now you're starting to say, where are all the domestic young players, right? And when you look at the disparity of the talent and who's leading the charge, we're looking you know, we have to look at and say the best young players now in the NBA are the foreign born players. And then you look at the domestic players and you begin to see a trend, right? Steph Curry. You know, you look at Clay Thompson, you look at Damian Lillard, Ja you Morant. At, you know, Ja Morant. You're so now CJ McCullough to see, all under C. the J. radar Ma- guys, been yeah. majors. Yep. You know, Donovan Mitchell, we're beginning to see a trend here, right? And the trend is called time. Okay. No matter how great of a talent a player is, right? It takes time to do that. You can't skip the process. The I'm not saying someone should go to school. I'm not saying someone could shouldn't, should go to school or shouldn't, right? Everyone's path to greatness has been different. But the one thing that remains is yes, Kobe Bryant came right straight out of high school, right? We'll we'll take him. But I remember when Kobe Bryant came into this league, there was a two, three, four year window.
0: Oh yeah. Dell Harris had him on that the bench had him on the bench, played behind Eddie Jones.
1: Yep. He played behind Eddie Jones. All right. I remember when a Jermaine O'Neal came into this league at Portland. I remember when Kevin Garnett came into this league. He averaged about six or seven points his first year or two in this league as he began to transition. Now, you'll, you'll, so then the critics will say, well, what about LeBron James? Well, I've only seen one of them. I've only seen one.
0: Yep.
1: And I'm not putting everyone in the basket. I'm not saying you got to go to school for three years and that's the formula. I'm not saying you got to go to school at all, is the formula. But what I do know is that. You need time to develop. And, and I, don't, I don't care where, where it's at. I don't care if it's abroad. I don't care if it's in college. I don't care if you just work on your game individually. It doesn't matter. But what we do know is that it takes time. And when I say time, it takes time to transition from an amateur to becoming a professional. These, these young players who are listening today. These, and you've heard me say this time and time again, Eric. Talent-wise, these young players are incredible, incredible players. Athletically, the things they can do. This isn't a basketball question. This is a life question. They need time. They need time to learn how to properly work with the purpose. They need time to understand how to defend and learn the pro game. I'm not saying the amateur games, right? I don't have a problem with AAU. It's a great point. I don't have a problem with high school basketball. I don't have a problem with college. That, hey, that's amateur basketball, and it doesn't concern me at the pro level. But you need time because there's nowhere else that the pro game is played other than in the NBA, right? Yep. FIBA has a different set of rules. So how are you going to learn how to become a professional? If you want to become a professional, there's only one place to learn it here, but you better be prepared for this moment because now the competition for these jobs because of the popularity of the game is at an all time high. And too many times now we're seeing organizations give up on lottery picks why it's, great. it's a great call there out isn't, there isn't enough time so when i look at what the nba is doing the nba is saying here is our problem the best player in the game today who is holding the mantle when i say the best player he's holding the mantle right so there is you know there, there's an order right so at one point it was a magic bird league and then michael took the mantle and then You know, Tim Duncan took the mantle and Kobe Bryant and Shaq and all of these players. Now, LeBron James is holding that mantle right now. After LeBron James, who is prepared to hold that mantle? This 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 guy, LeBron James, is in year 17. And I can't ever recall in year 17 at any time in this league that a player who's played that long is still holding the mantle. Yeah. So now I think the NBA and rightfully so is concerned about where are these young players, where are these young people are going to learn the business? I didn't say basketball, where are they going to learn the business of sports? Because they, there's no place for them to learn the business. That's the issue at hand here. Where are they going to learn the business? So it appears to be what they've said is, we're going to have to identify these young players, put NBA coaches around them, give them NBA mentors like Sharif and Abdul Rahim and Rod Strickland. And I don't know who else. I don't know anything about this program.
0: Maybe Sam Mitchell as the hands-on guy. I don't know what
1: they're going to do. But now the NBA has a NBA problem. Where are we going to develop our young players that can understand the business? So when they come into this league, they identify like for whatever reason, our era did and the players after our era, right? Where are they going to identify the partnership between sports that you play Mm -hmm. and the business of sports? Because if you don't, understand the whole picture that's going to be a problem you're going to be out you're going to be
0: potentially out of the league way before you should have been that's a problem and there was where there was an exercise i have to find the notes I, I, i feel like we talked about it maybe a year ago um when we were having that great discussion about player development and the fact that in your era through the 90s um, for the most part, guys came into the league, and you know what was player development. You're ready for the NBA because you've been preparing for playing three years of college ball in a major in a major program, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Obviously, KG, Kobe, uh, Jermaine O'Neal, Tracy McGrady, those guys started coming out of high school before uh, that rule was put into place. I believe after the 2005 draft, uh, Andrew Bynum was the last high school player to go straight to the league that year. So. There, we have to research this and talk about it next week. But there's an astounding amount of lottery and first-round picks from the last seven or eight years. That, are out of the league. I mean, it's it, the the percentages are staggering. I got I got to find this note for us to go over. But you, you hit the nail on the head with the business of sport and the league. The need to understand it and being able to handle it, along with uh, performing and showcasing your talents, and and of course, you know, earning your contract. So the whole thing. It's it's it's, it's... but the way you break it down in these two lanes, I don't think a lot of people look at it that way. And we've got these guys who, yeah, they may play a couple of years of college basketball, but that doesn't prepare them for what you're talking about right now, and
1: I think that's a really important thing to identify and and and, and, and listen you know th- this last dance let's just use him because the last dance is coming out yep look in any era right every every era should say. You know the greatest player. You know, and, and maybe some will say Bill Russell, and I can respect that. Right, when a man wins sixteen championships, 11, or what have 11 you? Eleven championships. Eleven. He didn't, is he didn't that win what he all did, of them. Right? He didn't win all of them. Okay, well, a man wins eleven <laughs> championships. Look, I, I can't argue that. I, you have an argument. Wilt Chamberlain scores hundred points. If you said Wilt Chamberlain was the greatest player, I can't argue that. Kareem Abdul Jabbar, the man, scored thirty eight thousand points. I can't argue sure. that. If you said, he, 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 okay, our era, look. Michael Jordan. The, the thing is, you want to respect every era, right? These young kids today, they should say LeBron James. I'm not saying it's something better who's... But my point being is, there was an understanding about the business you were entering, in, entering into. And now, there is a major concern about the business. Hmm. Okay? You look at us... And when I say us, you look at the NBA right now, right? What are we talking about here? We're talking about the business. We're talking about the business of sports. When are they going to resume play? When are we going to resume play? That's what we're discussing here. Today's young players have to have an understanding About the business whoever the greatest player is you can debate that but this is what's not debatable Michael Jordan understood the business of sports better than any other player who's played in that league up to this point he created a lane for himself and for others now to follow his blueprint of what he perceived was possible not only on the court, if he performed, but off the court, there was no one else had shoes, uh, a signature shoe that they were selling like Jordan. There wasn't another guy who was selling Gatorade and all. Gatorade wasn't even official sponsor of the NBA. No, he up until he, that he point. kicked
0: that door wide open, wide McDonald's. open panels, wide open for what was possible. Obviously, what LeBron so, James has done has rewritten what's possible across multiple lanes of business and industry but what jordan
1: did but no one has done it like he has sure done. no one has done it like jordan the, pi- there the, is the pioneer no... the pioneer jordan set the table for all these other guys right all these other guys yep. every time you you hear them they're a brand and all those things well i've only seen one guy if you say jordan you know who i'm talking about <laughs> okay yep. he set the table at such a high standard and showed us the rest of the players and the league, what was possible because he was working with Chevrolet. He was working with McDonald's. He was working with Haynes, He was working outside of the game and generating mo- money that we didn't, we weren't aware of. And then here is the, here's the kicker, right? Eric. Back then we used to read the newspaper. And he used to always say this every day. I want to get as far off the sports page as I possibly can Hmm. get every day. What does that, what does that mean? Like, first of all, why is an athlete not trying to be in the sports section? That's where we play, right? That's where we live. Here was a guy who was trying to get in the business section. He was trying to get in the lifestyle section. He was trying to get on the front page because he understood Business, He understood Wall Street. He had a sense that there were economic opportunities that were outside of the arenas. And that to me is the greatest achievement and why he should be the greatest player is because he explored the business and he understood it. The way he dressed, the way he interviewed, he was aware of the things he said. And he was aware of it before there was a blueprint. No one was talking about building a brand. No one was talking about, Michael, why do you always wear suits? Because he wanted Wall Street to see him in a way that was more than just an athlete. He would always say, look, they always, who goes to work in the shorts and a tank top? So if you ever saw Michael Jordan in a post-game interview, he always had a suit on. When he did his interviews on the talk circuit, he always had a suit on because he understood that Wall Street had a suit on. See, the, this was before all of the NBA initiatives and NBA programs and all of the things now, right? You know, you have, a, you have someone who dress you. You know, I always laugh. You know, everyone has someone that, you know, they have their, their stylist. You're
0: telling me B.J. Armstrong didn't have a stylist?
1: <laughs> but, no, but I understood. I understood Wall Street. Yeah, I, I understand. I mean, the the, the, the
0: fact that he knew that Wall Street and Madison Avenue were watching, and then had that portfolio of partnerships and brands Come and on. sponsors that were ooh, developed. Ooh, ooh, I mean, Nike and Nike and the Jordan brand, like everyone, obviously, that's where it starts. But then you look at the other lanes and you, you, you rattle them off. McDonald's, Haynes, Gatorade, Chevrolet. And and I'm sure there are so many more that we forgot or that we're not mentioning. But uh, it's astounding what he accomplished in that space. And the fact that he had the wherewithal to say, I want to be as far from the sports page as possible, is is incredible. It's incredible.
1: and And, uh, and that's. But, but again, now we, you know, we, we have social media, we have all of these things and we talk, we talk, we do a lot of talking about it, but here's the one thing we don't talk about in order to be all of those things, mm-hmm. it requires you to perform. Yep. I'll say that it, it you gotta, requires you, gotta you take care to of the, actually you gotta take care of the main thing, right? If you want to be the best, right? McDonald's and all of these people, Gatorade, Powerade—they're—they're they're not. They don't want to associate themselves and say we're the second best, you know, sports drink. Yep. We want to be the best sports drink. So that requires these athletes, these brands, who have access in a direct way to the consumer to perform. Performance is the X factor to everything working, right? When the Bulls played in the nineties. You could, with great accuracy, say in the early '90s, I don't know who else is going to be in the finals, but Michael Jordan is going to be there. You could just about, you could just about put that in pen, right? You could put put that one in pen to, to all the, that to, man to, there to, was to what, all
0: the Knicks fans listening right now. My, well, my apologies, all the Knicks, my apologies.
1: Listen, you know, and, 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 but no, but what you're I'm right. You're, is, right. Is, you're right. His commitment. Yep to, to what was necessary for his business was far beyond and exceeded anything that most were even thinking about. Yep. He was like, you know what? I have this opportunity. You know what? When I come to Madison square garden, I'm just thinking about the game. I'm thinking about my matchup, right? I'm thinking about Derek Harper or, or, uh, you know, Charlie Ward and what we're going to do. Here's Michael Jordan going, okay, I have this incredible audience in front of me. I have to perform. I have to perform, and with this performance, there will come great opportunities. Well, what's the what's the performance? Well, I got the shoes, I got the, uh, I I got McDonald's. I have people will cover this and so forth and so on. Like who else was thinking like that, Eric? No one was thinking like that. So he had a he was peeking into something, Eric, that only a few could have possibly peeked into but he lived there he created that so all of the players afterwards have to point that back to him have to point it back to him because he was the first one who opened up that lane created that lane but more importantly he thrived in the business hmm. he thrived in it
0: i'm getting uh i'm getting pretty excited for uh the last dance debut Sunday night April 19th this is a a, a perfect segue quickly into this because obviously uh, you uh, are one of the voices uh, interviewed for this um, you know let, let, let's start with you're interviewed you've you've uh, you, you know the elements of the film I believe you have not watched it yet. For um, certain reasons, but um, you know, what does this project mean, and how excited are you for uh, this to come out and the world to finally get a glimpse of uh, the greatness which was uh, the '90s Bulls led by Michael Jordan?
1: Well, it's it's always for me. It's always been weird, Eric. Um, I think I've said this to you. A few times, you know, it's it's always weird to watch yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 weird to like, you know, like, um, you know, I'll be flipping, flipping, or you know, uh, through television. And all of a sudden, I'll see an old game, and my kids will be like, "Oh, Dad, hey, you're you're playing." Yep. And I always walk out because it's really weird. <laughs> it's really weird to. So wait, so really so hold on,
0: hold like, on. The '92 finals are on against Portland,
1: I, and I, you I, leave I, the can, room. I can't. I cannot watch the game. It's very hard for me to watch myself Interesting. as a fan. Interesting, right? Because I, my, my, my eye is trained to technically watch the game. Yeah, of course. So whenever I watch the game, you know I'm learning how to be a fan, right? Yeah, I'm learning how to go to the but game. But if you were still, like, if
0: you were still late on that closeout on Terry Porter, you're still late on that closeout on Terry Porter. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, it's a, it, it's just very hard for me to watch a game without actually looking at all the technical things that are going on during the game. Yep. So when, when I watch, it's hard for me to watch myself, right? It's, it's very hard. Um, and I, I just, I, it makes me feel very uncomfortable for whatever reason, right? I, I can only imagine uh, what it's like to see yourself on the big screen, right? And uh, that's probably, wor- I can't think of anything worse, right? That's kind of like one of my, you know, pro- you know, I don't have a lot of things that, that really make me uncomfortable. But that's one. Like watching myself. If you want to make me feel uncomfortable, just put a film up of me playing, right, or I'm me involved in something. I'm just uncomfortable watching it. Um, but in saying that, um, I, I I'm very nervous for my friend. Right, the Air Jordan guy will be fine. He'll still, you know, I imagine, you know, there will be a lot of conversation about, you know, this and that. But I'm 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 really nervous. For my friend Michael and here's why you know when you reach a certain level of excellence it takes a dedication that's beyond anything that you think right you know I, I I'm, I'm around young people all the time I, and, and I hear it you know you deal with you deal with the ego you deal with all of the things um, that come with reaching that certain level but talking about being great acting as if you want to be great is different than executing being great and I'm, I'm nervous for him because there aren't many people that have this level of talent that have had this level of talent and been able to execute it at this level and you know I saw a man Eric do things that a man shouldn't be able to do physically Mentally, emotionally, I saw a man dedicate his life to his craft, right? And that level of dedication scares me, Eric, because there's a cost to everyone everyone talks about it, right? Everyone talks about it. You know, And, and and that's why I have a hard time becoming a fan, because when you look in someone's eye, in someone's eyes and you see they're willing to go to whatever means are necessary to do whatever they need to do, that's a different, that's a, that's a different view or vantage point that when you see it, you better be prepared for that moment. Okay. Now I've seen a lot of great talents right in my life, in my lifetime but i haven't seen a, a lot of great talents that have the the discipline to actually you know take that talent and and go beyond even what i thought was possible right everyone wants to reach their full potential when you came to see a michael jordan game he was better than you even anticipated and he was already a phenomenal player. He was going to give you something. So when you when you saw the dedication that this man had to his craft that he gave his life towards it. This is going to be hard for for in my opinion from my friend. Well, wow. because now he's exposing something that he's never shared with anyone and I know it's going to be authentic. I don't know how it's going to be perceived. But Eric, this wasn't about money. This wasn't about fame. This wasn't about championships. This wasn't about who's the greatest, who's the best, all of the things, you know, that, that's on the surface. At some point, Eric, a part of him is going to have to say it's over, right? And when I say it's over, you know, Eric, once it's on, though, when the light's on, the light's on. When the light's off, the light's off. That light's never going off. Just because he can't run up and down and play hmm. doesn't mean that he, that doesn't mean that the light is off. Sure. And this is going to be hard because I think this is finally, if you know, I, 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 and 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 I, and I I've been thinking about this, you know, Eric, I think this is him finally saying, I'm done playing. Wow, Eric, he's never ever shared with anyone. You know. What he's what what I think you're probably going to see. That's why I won't watch it. I'm am nervous about this because are you gonna watch
0: it? In, are you gonna watch it when it airs?
1: I'm gonna watch it when it airs. Right? I'm just gonna watch it when it airs because I don't. I I you know, ESPN was kind enough to send it to me, so I have it. Yep. I could watch it, but I don't want to watch it because I am, I am really nervous for Michael. I'm not nervous for all the other characters. I'm nervous for that character who played the game. And loved it. He played the game with 100% pure love and joy. With no distractions. Okay? There's a lot of things that he could have been distracted with, right? There's money, there's fame, there's commercials. He's doing McDonald's commercials. He's doing Spike Lee commercials. He's doing all these things. Basketball was always first and foremost to him. No matter what. Okay? There was no... Well, I okay, he 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 did all his obligations that he had to do. As good as he was in the games, Eric, he was far superior as a practice player. Far superior.
0: I can't even I can't even imagine what practice so was I, like. I, I, I can't I, even imagine.
1: I, the the only reason that I'm ready now 30 years later to talk about this is because Eric, now I feel I have a obligation to the next generation to share with them something, to say, I saw something I've never seen before in my life and I'm still trying to convey what I saw. And hopefully he will be able to share with you because if I told you what I saw, you're gonna be like, be, uh, that's just BJ's, that's just this guy, he <laughs> he played with Jordan, of course. No, no this is, I saw something I've never seen before. And I'm telling you, I saw a man do things I know no one should be able to do. And I saw him do it over and over and over and over again. And he did it without blinking. I saw him, you know, we all talk about work hard and all those things. Well, I saw a a, a man figure it out. I saw a man be able to access things mentally and physically no one should be able to access. And if I told you that, you're going to be like, oh, that's just BJ. So I've just remained silent and I'm glad he's sharing it. And he's finally saying it's over. And I think this is going to be very, very tough for him because I know there isn't a challenge that he's ever walked away from. And I think this moment for him, this documentary, is him looking at himself finally in the mirror and saying, you know what? It was a good run. That's what I think is going on with him mentally, if I can just look at it, knowing him, because there's no way he's looking at a game from a fan perspective. There's no way he's coming there saying, you know, he can't do something because the way his mind works, that's who he is. That's who he is. You know, for many years, Michael, there's always been a, I, I'm just paraphrasing here. There's always, Eric, there, there, there's a, there's a um, quote that I used to always, that always stuck with me about Michael Jordan. It was from Larry Bird. Larry Bird said, I think, and I'm paraphrasing. I think he said, Michael Jordan, you know, that's God disguised as Michael Jordan, something to that effect.
0: That's God disguised as Michael Jordan in basketball shoes.
1: And it's always, it's always stuck out to me because you know, like when you hear something, you know, I, I I love I love words and I love observations and 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 Larry Bird, you know, I I had the pleasure of knowing Larry. Bird. Larry Bird is like he's like a he's like a, I don't know if he intentionally does this, but for those who know him, Larry is very thoughtful, and he says things, but when he says something. You know, it's it's kind of like he can pierce right through you, you know, with Larry. Larry said that, and it's always stuck with me. And for whatever reason, when they asked me to do this, this, this last dance, when they asked me to do the, when Michael called me and he said, hey, BJ, I'm doing this documentary. Um, You know, I'd love for you to partake. And I was like, hey, whatever you need, you just tell me and, I, and whatever done. Right. And then we go on and I didn't think anything. I didn't think twice about it. But. Larry saw what I think the rest of us saw. And I just thought he identified it maybe sooner than everyone else. Hmm. The man was flawless. He was flawless. Okay? And, and, And every player, especially the great players, have had their moments, right? Maybe they had a great month of the season, or maybe they had a great playoff run. They've had their moments. This man had a great career <laughs> okay he put it together night after night after night after night after night right you get to the olympics he put it together you get to the nba finals he puts it together you get to a game in january He. so when you see perfection not that he was a perfect player but when you see a man able to execute and find a way no matter what the scenario is right he's not shooting well tonight still finds a way to win you know the team's not playing well he still finds a way he's not playing well in game six of the nba finals but he still finds a way to win he always found a way and larry bird said it and i was and i've been thinking about it i was like you know what larry saw it but it took someone with the same mindset to see it right you know it's kind of like life recognizes itself right like larry and I, and, I, Larry had well, and I believe it was
0: he said it after. The but Larry, 60- Larry
1: didn't have the physical. Larry didn't have the physical ability that Michael had. Sure, but but l- l- let me assure you, Larry Burr's preparation for the game, bar none. I, I I've I've seen him. Like okay, there's workouts, and then there's there's other guys. That's why all this working out and all of these things and the people say they're doing it in the summer. That doesn't bother me. Give me Michael Jordan 30-minute workout, and you can take your three hours, and I'll see you at 730, and we'll see who's going to win. Give me Larry Bird's pregame workout. (laughs) I've seen this guy running steps and running around the arena before the game. Well, no wonder he's in better condition because he was taking his body and mental capacity to a totally different space than the rest of us.
0: What he was able to achieve in the fourth quarter of games was – it, it, remarkable, it, remarkable.
1: Yeah, and, and magic and, and listen, yeah. magic and these, they're, they're 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 able to access different spaces, right? Yep. You know, Kareem, they're just able to access it. Now, that is, I, I'm, I'm nervous for him in that way, Eric. And I don't even know how we got on this subject, and I don't even know, but I, 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 I tomorrow, I, I know it's coming, um, but I just. You are who you are, and I don't know, I'm not pretending to know Michael Jordan. I'm not pretending to say he's my uh, my best friend. Hey, we're really good friends. Look, I know he'll do, if I called him and said, he would do, I know he would do anything for me. I know that, and vice versa. But that's, the, that's beside the point. The point is, is that this man here was a basketball player, and this man dedicated his life to something. He dedicated his entire life to one thing. And that, he didn't play for no other reason, right? There were no distractions. There, When he got between those lines, Eric, I don't care what was going on. <laughs> that was it. You know, Eric, I want to share a quick story. and then, And then uh, whatever was going on with him, the we would he, he was so good Eric that the worst he felt if he was sick sprained ankle wrist was hurting it became a running joke with our team we would go to the trainer Chip Schaefer and we would say hey what's wrong with M tonight that's what we, that's what all of us who really know it, just call him M oh, what's wrong with M man M he he not feeling well he he's awful he's not feeling well. He, His wrist is hurting, ankles swollen, and everybody be like, yes. Because the worse he felt, the better he was going to (laughs) play.
0: Dialed it in even more. That level of of focus just amplifies, right?
1: The worse he felt, the better he was going to play. Now, I've seen him so... You he can't, he's got to lay down in the pregame. He just, he just can't, he's can't, he just laying there. M, hmm. 730. Like a machine. I, and, and, and I'm telling you, and, and these aren't like made up stories. This isn't an exaggeration. That's just who he was. That's who he is. And when you meet a person and you know, there's no chance. And you know that person is willing to go to whatever extremes are necessary. And you better be prepared for that fight because that's what that's what he was bringing. And he wasn't, there wasn't a chance he was going to lose. That's why he's 6-0 and in the finals. You, you're worried about the game. For him, this was a moment he couldn't, he couldn't be denied. He couldn't be denied. So I don't know how we got here. But I, I, I just hope uh, people can watch it. I hope it, I don't know if it can be understood, but certainly he, uh, um, you know, certainly, you know, I, I'm happy that he's doing it and that he's finally at peace with it. And yeah. hopefully uh, it turned out like he wanted it and uh, and everybody will get a chance to see it. Yeah,
0: the, the exact quote, Larry Bird, I I would never have called him the greatest player I'd ever seen if I didn't mean it. It's just God disguised as Michael Jordan, and this was <laughs> this was in '86.
1: And Larry Bird was in his height. Larry Bird he... was
0: the best player on the planet at the time, three-time MVP yeah, 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 yeah. on yeah, the yeah. way to winning his his uh, third title of the decade. Uh, we can we can debate yeah, yeah. that another time, but I, I fir- well, firmly yeah, well, believe yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Listen, like I said, um, I
1: don't know who's the greatest. Everyone should say what they saw. That's why I respect it, right?
0: Sure. But what's what's unbelievable, BJ, about the last dance, and uh, Mike just shared this note with us, a kid like Zion Williamson wasn't even born yet when this happened. All they know about this is from from YouTube and NBA Entertainment Replays. That's it. And now they're going to find out what this was all about. And as much as, obviously... You lived a lot of this there with him and your teammates and the Bulls. You know, I consumed it from afar as a diehard fan and just sponge for NBA basketball and learning. I I can't imagine the things that I am going to learn and experience watching this so I'm super excited and then I'm super excited to continue this conversation for you because with you because we've got we've got five Sundays of this stuff coming out so I can't wait
1: well everyone's excited think they're gonna learn a lot of different things right mark my words here Eric, this is gonna be incredibly simple because Michael was a very very incredibly simple individual he was gonna be the best
0: no, well, there there's no formula
1: there. We have it he, he, there, there. Everyone thinks that, well, I'm going to see his special workouts. I'm going to see how he ate, you know, how he slept, how he prepared. No, there is no, there, this isn't complex. He was incredibly simple. I'm going to be the best. Now who's with me? Can't wait now. Can't wait. Th- that, that's it. That, 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 that's it. So, Appreciate you, my friend. Appreciate you too. Uh, this was great. And, this was great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um,
0: great stuff, man.
1: Great stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm
0: excited, and um, you know, text text me during it. I'll I'll be your sounding board. I'll be your therapist for uh, the last dance. <laughs> and uh, you know, we hope everyone out there uh, enjoyed this conversation and the show today. Uh, you know, we get we get the last dance. We don't get the NBA playoffs, but we get the last dance. And, uh, hopefully we'll be learning what the new normalcy will be for everyone, uh, which includes the NBA, uh, sometime soon, but most important, everyone stay safe, stay healthy. Special thanks as always to our producer, Mike Lieber, Bruce Bernstein, editor, Benjamin Wolfen. And, uh, you know, the other good news is we're still cranking out shows. So the Mike Wise show with Mike Wise Mondays full court press with Fanta and Adams Tuesdays catch and shoot 2.0 Aaron Berlin Otto strong Wednesdays buckets boards and blocks with Monica McNutt on Thursdays and BJ uh, and I are, are in this fluid zone right now sometimes it's Friday sometimes it's the weekend depends on schedule depends on guests the peer hoops podcast we'll be talking last dance and we'll be continuing these rivalry conversations in the weeks ahead in the weeks ahead as well. Uh, Have a great weekend. Enjoy the last dance viewing Sunday night. And as always, stay pure. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.
1: Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.